Welcome to Design to Thrive podcast. This is a space where teachers and school leaders and community partners come together to talk about the amazing things that they're doing to create schools where all kids are valued, where they are empowered, and where they ultimately experience success. I'm your host, Alyssa Frazier, and uh, on today we have with us um, Taylor Gilly. Taylor, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We are excited to have you. Um, and let me share just a little bit about um, Taylor. She is a lead development specialist uh, in an urban school district just north of Houston. And she serves K-12 teachers um, with their professional learning. Um, and she is also a uh, very, very close friend of, uh, we have friends in common, um, Talandra Grice, who is an amazing human researcher. She's a gem. She's a gem. She's, she's amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> and so um, Salandra and Taylor and I work together in terms of um, supporting schools and school districts with um, professional learning around um, culturally responsive teaching um, and more specifically with urban schools, multicultural schools. And um, she was like, you got to talk to Taylor a little I'm like we've met but yeah. we hadn't we hadn't had like the the sit down powwow and once we had it I was like oh man I was like yeah. we, we talk for days for days for days for days had to set uh, ourselves a time limit here I'm trying to tell you I'm trying to tell you I'm trying to tell you so I'm excited um yeah. I'm excited to, to have her um talk to us today really about how she supports teachers and, and building their capacity and, um, you know, just hearing about the work she, that she's doing. So um, Taylor, if you could um, just, if there's anything I missed just that you want to share with the audience, come on in and um, tell us about what you do, what inspires you um, or what challenges you. Sure. Sure. Um, you, you, you've got a lot of like high points there. Um, I'll say that, um, really my, what, what sets my heart ablaze is preparing teachers for urban school spaces. Um, I think some of our alternative certification programs and perhaps some of our um, major universities in non-urban areas don't necessarily prepare teachers for what they will face in our large urban centers. Um, and sometimes that can be a little scary and a little bit of a culture shock. And so one of my, my deep passions is preparing novice, er, um, novice educators for these urban spaces and for the diverse student populations that they'll encounter there. So that's really what frosts my cookies. That's really what gets me going in life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And um, one, because that is putting, one, putting yourself like in the fire. Okay, all the way in the fire, not shine away um, from the fire. And um, I just, one, I, I want to I let you just talk to us about that. Like when, as you're doing that thing that you're called to do, that you're passionate about, um, what would you say is, is one of the, the, the lessons that you've learned um, about like what's challenging about, about the work and kind of how do you contend with that and and what, what do you what do you sing what are you saying that's coming up and up again sure 
So I think, let's see, ooh, where do I start? That's, that's such anyway, a multifaceted question. Come on, come on. <laughs> um, so I think I kind of just have to go back to, to just my experience um, coming from an alternative certification program, doing my student teaching for just a measly little 14 weeks in the spring um, where students were already trained up by their teacher and already um, respected their teacher and as an adult and as an educator um, in a really affluent suburban area where um, the white student population was about 75% on the whole campus. And so that was kind of the polar opposite of where I was hired. And I think that's pretty, pretty common nowadays um, where you have teachers who are hired in these urban schools, these high need schools, because that's where the vacancies are. And they come much like I did um, thinking, well, I love kids. I love kids. I love all kids. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter who they are, their background. I'm going to love them mm -hmm. all the same. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to teach them all the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a really well-intentioned thought. And it does come from the heart. But I think once you actually get into the meat of the work and you roll up your sleeves, you realize that you're in a much different environment. Um, and I realized that I was in a much different environment um, than I could have ever prepared for. Mm -hmm. um, and the adults that I was working with did not look like um, the adults that I had grown up with or that were in my inner circle. Mm -hmm. um, so not only was I learning to teach diverse student populations with a big range of needs, um, I was also learning to be in professional workspaces that I had never been in before. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of twofold. Um, so just the initial culture shock of that for me um, was a lot. And I, and I came to realize that there were a lot of, um, just a whole world I just didn't know about, a lot of mm -hmm. cultural pieces that I just wasn't even aware of, just completely naive. Um, I know now that, that that was me and my privilege and, and I've done work and, and we could go for days on that yeah. as well. A yep. whole different podcast. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, I look back to those experiences in my first year and I just really draw out what's important of, of what I remember, um, other than crying every single week. Yep. Um, that's just new teacher stuff too. That doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> right, right. Cry every right, week if you're a right, new teacher. Right. But I had my mentors, I had my confidants. And I think what was different for me was that I, actively sought out those educators who had something that I wanted. Yeah. I see you and I see the way you're teaching and I want to do that. So I'm going to continue to come sit at your table and I'm going to continue to engage in conversations with you um, until they realize that I wasn't going away. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, right. So let's just take her under our wing and, and show her the way. And I, I'm, so incredibly grateful for that. And I was just so hungry for that knowledge. Um, and I just came in with an open heart and an open mind and a humility and a willingness to learn. Um, 
And that's what I try to instill in my first year teachers that you won't know it all, um, but there will be someone on your campus who's pretty darn close to knowing it all. Yeah. Go sit at their table and associate yourself with those star teachers. Look for them. Um, so that's really what kind of drives me is that first year, 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Um, and the experiences I took away from that and, and what it led to as far as um, my professional partnerships and just the lifelong friends that I have now. Um, yeah, that's, that's really what I draw from when I'm, when I'm coaching new teachers. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that we don't, or at least I haven't heard enough about talking to um, the range of teachers, you know, going and sitting and learning, um, but learning and encamping around folks that are doing really good things. Um, because, you know, you, you come from this community of practice, right, if you will, whether it's alternative cert or traditional, but you have this group that you learn with, and um, then you get acclimated into this new school community of practice. And it's kind of easy to, to, to say I'm with this teacher and to be like a replica of that teacher, um, whether they're doing really great stuff, okay stuff. And chances are, if they're with you, that um, they are a teacher that's got some really good qualities. Um, but it is helpful to be able to, to say, hey, let me go talk to this other teacher and let me go ask these questions um, so that you're not, you know, kind of that mini version of, of this one teacher so that you can get that range. Um, yeah. 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 And my first year of teaching, I was just trying to figure out how to be a teacher. Yeah. I'm just, somebody <laughs> just, somebody just tell me what to do. Right. Um, and I'm so grateful for, for, for my mentor, um, Corey, he came to our hallway and uh, after the classes leveled, if you know anything about urban schools, they have to yeah. take the numbers, the snapshots yeah. and yeah. level the classes in October. And he came and if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't have returned to my school district in the following year. Yeah. He helped um, just be that strong presence for me that, no, this is the career for you. We just have a few bumps that we've got to get through. Let yeah. me show you the way. Um, he also provided that space where I could just be a mess. Oh, yeah. Just you got to be able mess. to be a mess. Yeah, come on. I remember specifically once I was laying on his carpet, <laughs> his circle carpet in his room, just bawling. And he's yeah. eating ramen at his desk on oh, his lunch break, no. watching Netflix. And he's like, baby, you need me? And I was like, no, I just want to cry on your floor. <laughs> like, all right. And then he just kept eating his ramen. I just needed a space just to fall apart yes. sometimes and yep. he was that that soft place for me to land and he yep. just was so kind and um I still call him to this day and ask him questions about what's best practice because he knows it all and yeah. and it and 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 being able to and him and then my circle of strong black women who just kind of carried me through my early professional years yep. Yep. Those women that I can go to and say, I have a really dumb question yeah. or I have a question and it's going to sound like I'm, I'm racist, but I, I promise I'm not. And I just need you to hear what I'm sure. saying. And I just need sure. to get a real answer. Yeah. Um, having those confidants where you can just go in that yep. open space and say, Hey, I messed up. 
can you help me understand why? Yep. And I think I'm just so grateful that I, I had those spaces. So I, I encourage teachers to, whether it's your assigned mentor or someone else in your grade level, or maybe someone that you see during planning, you know, find those confidants yeah. and, and surround yourself with the folks who don't look like you surround yourself with the folks who don't teach in your grade level, um, who, who aren't in your content area and build your circle based on the teacher that you want to be. Maybe not necessarily a teacher you, you are right now, yep. but build your circle based on the teacher that you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, just done. I love that. I love that. Um, so I want to shift just a little bit and I want to talk about the work that you're doing in terms of like building teacher capacity. Um, when you think about the in your work and building teacher capacity, one of the things that you mentioned was um, having a disposition where you're humble, where you're saying like, hey, I want to learn. I got to learn. I'm on this journey. But you also couple that with being, being able to be vulnerable, right. Um, being able to cry. Um, do you, are there other things that, that you see in terms of like, in order for teachers, it can be the newer teachers. It can be maybe a little past the new teachers in order for them to be able to really kind of get the most out of, um, the relationship with you, the relationship with others, um, in the district, what are some things that that you think are really important um, to be present or to, for them to cultivate or for you to cultivate in them? That's such a good question. Um, so I think I would tell my teachers, other than the, the humility and the vulnerability, um, and we were talking about this earlier, to be able to sit in your discomfort. Oh yeah. Come on with that. You no. Know, yeah. That, that it's not always going to feel good. Um, when some of my old buried internal bias, you know, just, I, I say it, I say sometimes I joke a little bit with my teachers and say, it's like when my white privilege jumps up and slaps me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm very aware of it yeah. and I do what I can um, with my voice and with the new knowledge that I have to move forward. But sometimes oh, yeah. those old thoughts creep up mm-hmm. and it, and then it brings a range of emotions mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm not as far as I thought I was, or, mm-hmm. you know, I get angry with myself or then I feel guilty. And mm-hmm. then, you know, so just being able to sit with your emotions and your discomfort, I think is really important mm-hmm. because with this work, we will make mistakes and we will say the wrong thing and we will trip and stumble. Um, (laughs) With my uh, student teachers, I always had a couch in my office and it was the crying couch because Mm -hmm. typically when people visited, they need to talk and they sit on the couch and they were only allowed to sit on the crying couch for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. You can cry for about 10 minutes, but then we're going to dry it up and we're going to figure out what you're going to do with your new knowledge. And that's how Corey treated me. You know, yes, you're going to cry. You can wail. You can do whatever you need to do. But in a minute, we're going to become solutions driven and we're going to figure out where we go from here. 
So I think being able to sit with your feelings and then also making sure that you're aware of where you are in your mental space on a day-to-day basis. I think that's so important. Um, And being transparent about that. um, Maybe maybe not always with your students. I, I, I was transparent with my students and that I'm just having an off day. Please show me some grace like I do with you. Um, but definitely confiding in, in one of those coworkers or confidants that you have that, hey, I'm feeling off, this is why, can we chat about it? You know, Or can I just use your room for a quiet space? So just being uh, really in tune with where you are emotionally and where you are with your just general health, wellness, your fatigue level. Um, I'm finding with early um, career educators and, and these novice educators, as well as um, my student teachers, that they're not not aware of what extreme fatigue looks like, feels like. Oh, like. yeah, they're not. They're totally not. Yeah. Okay. I, I won't name her name, but I had a student teacher call me um, one night at eight o'clock, and it was a rule in our house that I don't I don't answer the phone for work after work unless it's my boss because they'd never call me that late if it wasn't important or it was one of my student teachers. And she was calling me and she said, I'm in my car, in my driveway. She's bawling. She's like, and I can't get out of my car. And I said, okay, who's in your house? And she said, my husband's in there. And I said, okay, is he supportive or not supportive? She goes, no, he's wonderful. I just can't get out of my car and I don't know what's wrong. And I said, well, I do, baby. You're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're exhausted. Yeah. She had just driven back yeah. from her university yeah. town where she was yeah. taking a night class. Yeah. It was a Thursday night. She yeah. had been at work all week. And yeah. she's like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to hang yeah. up with me. You're going to go inside. Yeah. You're going to tell your husband exactly how you're feeling. Yeah. You're going to eat something, go to bed. You're not going to come to work on Friday. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm telling you right now, you're going to take the day off. Yep. Turn your alarm off Then wake up, do something for yourself and come back Monday, ready to start again. Yep. So just being in tune with where you are and, 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 and making sure that you're just really paying attention to your emotions and you're being transparent about that. Yeah. That's super important right now, especially in our climate today. I think that's just, you got to do that. Yeah, that's huge. That's, that's huge. Both of those, because um, you're right. Like telling folks that like, you're going to get uncomfortable. You're going to sit with this discomfort and I'm not going to cry with you. I'm going to comfort you and support you, but I need you to, to understand that we're, we're moving towards something and so um this thing of you're gonna cry and like you're gonna cry some more and we're gonna cry for a long time we're not gonna cry for a long time I want you to get it out but that idea of the crying couch it's metaphorical right it's physical but it's like like we gotta get up and 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 do some things and and find some solutions but I don't want you to not feel and so here we can feel but um that by do you know I that's a whole nother show like talking yeah, about it like, really is culturally like you, you know when folks like the crying culture because like that's a big thing yeah yep. crying culture is different than I'm exhausted or I'm mm-hmm. really angry or really frustrated crying culture is 
I'm in a space that I don't feel comfortable in and I'm going to cry and you're going to comfort me and I get to cry some more and you're going to, and then I get to not do that thing that's yeah. making me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, it takes away from the real issue. I'm going to throw my tears at it so that maybe it won't be as big of a deal because I'm crying now. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we need to feel, you know, and it, I had a student teacher come and it was her first experience. Uh, it was her first time probably around that many folks of color. Oh yeah. Maybe ever in her whole life. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh, and she, uh-huh. she was having a great time. She was having a great year, but she came and sat down one day on the crying couch and she said, I've been wrong. I've been wrong about a lot of things and I've been wrong about a lot of things my whole life. And I'm a bad person. You're not a bad like, person. Okay. Hang on. Stop yep. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's redirect. Yep. Yeah. But I had to let her feel that for a minute so she could take that energy with her and that new knowledge. Like, okay, well, now let's reframe this and chat about how are you going to proceed differently now? That's it. That you know the truth. Yep. And that you have this new experience. Yep. Yep. I love that. I love that because everybody needs a crying couch. Everybody needs a crying couch. (laughs) And you know, that guilt that you feel, feel when you don't feel guilty about doing something that you think you, you, you could have done better or you, or you really shouldn't have done. Like that's a natural feeling when a kid can can lie and they don't feel shame. You're like, Oh, that kid can lie straight face. They'll feel bad. Like, (laughs) Whoa. You know, like we don't want that. So it's, it's natural to feel bad about like, I should have done better, but what's even better is to say, as you're saying, like, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do with this? I'm not a forever, I may not have made the best choices, but I can do something about that and we can move forward together. Like there is and and you're not the sum total of all those things that like you think you did, like you, you have greatness, you have amazingness, you have um, now you have perspective, you have vision and like, don't pretend that you weren't that thing because somebody behind you is going to come up and yep. you're going to say, Hey, let me tell you about my journey. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but I I'm talking too much now. I'm, no, it's okay. talking, we... I'm thinking, processing. I'm like, yeah, listen, this yeah. can be an eight hour podcast. If we're not careful, <laughs> like, we can do it too. I know oh, you and I can talk that long. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I want to work, you know, we, we just closed out the school year. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to end with, um, what are you really excited about for, for next year? For, um, I know that those of us that are in like development spaces, we, mm-hmm. we do stuff over this, you know, we train, we, we plan, we scope in sequence, we, blah, blah, blah. we yeah. do all that, all that <laughs> stuff. We do all that stuff in the summer. Um, and teachers do a lot of stuff, right? In the summer, some stuff, a lot of stuff they shouldn't, you know, give yourself a, you know, like a break, a mental, mental a, disconnect, a, a mental disconnect. But what are you excited about um, for next year? So a couple of things I'm getting really excited about. Um, we're going to start doing some work in our district right now. I don't know if you know about the climate in Texas or if the listeners know about the climate in Texas about Um, There's a house bill that's been recently passed that limits what teachers can speak about as far as um, injustice and bias and um, 
just the general, just general history as far as um, race relations go in our country and, and things of that nature. So yep, we um, are working together, myself and my Black coworkers, because this is a partnership and we do things together as allies. Um, we are working diligently to format a series of professional learning sessions that will help teachers build community in their classrooms, Yep. build open spaces for discussions, and um, just kind of centering around transparency and honesty um, among students and teachers, um, regardless of what uh, the government in Texas says. Yep. So we're getting really pumped about that. And I'm and I'm excited for the partnerships that we have because it's just always been my experience that that my higher my higher power places the right people in my life at the right time for the right reason, and it's blaringly obvious when he does. Yep. <laughs> um, so I've got some great coworkers that we're working together, um, pulling in some restorative practices, some restorative circles, and restorative justice practices in the classroom. So getting teachers prepared to still do the work despite um, this new, mm, we'll call it just a little hiccup. Um, another thing I'm workshopping um, in my brain and I don't know where it's gonna go, but maybe I'll partner with Salandra and you on this and Come on. let's write a book or something, I don't know. But um, so I'm playing around with an acronym TM, I'll go ahead and copyright this verbally right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to start working with um, the concept of star classroom communities. How do we build? Because, you know, Haberman does the, this, the qualities of star teachers and, and he wrote that book. But I'm thinking about star classroom communities because I think that was one of my big successes by the time I left the classroom. I had this innate ability to um, not innate, learned ability to build a classroom full of learners where we, where we were a family and we, we leaned on one another and we trusted each other. So this acronym I'm playing with STAR is the S's structure and systems. So starting with that, putting those in, the pl in place, making sure that those are really nice and tight. Um, all students thrive in a highly structured environment, all of them. So starting there and the T playing around a little bit, but thinking like trust, transparency, tolerance, um, teaching those qualities to students through a series of activities and literature. Um, the A for is for um, accountability, um, holding me accountable as your educator, me holding you accountable as a student and holding your peers accountable. Um, and then the R is for uh, respect and responsibility. Um, what are we doing to respect each other and to earn that respect? And how are we being socially responsible to our class, to our community, to our school, um, all of that. So I'm starting that brainstorm process. I think it's going to be cool. Will, <laughs> it sounds cool. My, my, my CRP, my CRT um, brain was going ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Yeah. All the alarms and bells and whistles are going off. We're gonna do it. It's gonna be good. I think we. I think we can build something there that, um, no matter where you are, no matter who you're teaching, um, no matter what kind of community you're building, 
Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be a classroom, right? You know, no matter what kind of group you're leading. Yep. We can use this acronym to help drive our processes and, and what we do to, to build that strong sense of, um, you know, response, uh, respect for each other. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think I've said I love that about 50 times. It's okay. Conversation, but <laughs> I love it too. I love it too. Good. I love it, love it, love it. Love it. Yep. So for folks that want to connect with you and or connect with you on socials or reach out to you, how can they find you? Gosh. Well, I live at two. Th- no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just come on by. <laughs> come on by here in Texas. We'll have some tea and sit out on the porch. Um, you can email me at uh, Dr. Taylor Gilly at gmail.com. So Dr. Taylor Gilly, G-I-L-L-E-Y at gmail.com. I will be transparent here and say that I prematurely made the email. I will not be Dr. Taylor Gilly until the end of the summer, until the end of, until the end of July, but I prepared the email because it's happening. So that's how you can reach out to me. Um, God, I need to get better at Twitter so I can tell that as well, but I'm just, it's all good. Email is yeah. fine. Email is fine. Yep. Um, and I, and the, the doctor is great because it's in the works. Folks do that to me too. They're like, Dr. Frazier. I'm like, not yet. Almost. <laughs> Almost, almost, I'm almost, I'm almost. Um, and so, and then they keep, I'm like, no, but then I'm like, well, great aspirational. Close. Yes. Close. Great. Um, but that's great. Um, so I am grateful for you spending time with us today and um, drop some really um, great, like there were tangible takeaways. There were some, some nuggets to chew on. Um awesome. And that's, that's what we need. If you can just get like one thing and think about it a little bit deeper and come back to it and sit with it, um, that we've done what we set out to do, which is to have a conversation with you and have you think maybe a little bit differently than you did, you know, 30 minutes ago. Right. So, um, thanks so much for being on the show and for everybody else that's listening, um, Please know that you are the ones that you have been waiting for. Um, nobody's going to come and get you. They're not pulling up in an RV. You know what I mean? They're not giving you barbecue. Like I don't know. If you email me, I might come get you. Okay. <laughs> if you're yes. willing, I may come over and get you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. But yeah, you're it. You're the one. You've got what it takes. And um for those of y'all that are growing, that's why we're here. We're in this global PLN. We're working with you and, um, you know, we're in it with you. So thanks everybody for being with us and keep on shining. <laughs>